Hello and welcome to Open Arms Church. My name is Sean Booth and I want to begin by sharing with you some special news that we are having a baby, another one. My wife Gillian is pregnant for the fourth time. Uh, we have got three boys and now we're going to be having a fourth boy. So we're absolutely thrilled and delighted as we heard that he is healthy and strong. And I just uh, ask that you just pray for us, pray for um, us as a family, but also Gillian's. This has been quite a difficult pregnancy so far. So just pray for health and vitality for mom and for baby. And uh, we can't wait to meet him this September and also can't wait to meet all of the new arrivals that have come uh, through Open Arms Church in this last year. And of course, many more to come in the coming months. And uh, we can't wait to see that our kids' church will have grown tremendously. And one thing is certain that our future is strong. Amen. So today is week two of our series that we're calling Normal Isn't Working. This is a series about Anxiety, worry, stress, being overworked, overwhelmed, overburdened. But it's also a series about rest and peace and calm and silence and Sabbath and following the way of Jesus, will, which will ultimately allow us to live emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy, and mentally healthy in our lives. And, you know, one thing that's really helped me in this last season, I want to encourage you, to, to read this book. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. We're going to have the link in our comment section. We'll also put it in the description of the sermon and YouTube and our podcast. But it, it, the really, it's all about how to stay emotionally healthy and spiritually alive in the chaos of the modern world. I came across this in August and it really has helped change my life change my thinking. I know it's done the same for so many others. So really encourage you to get your hands on this, whether it's through Amazon, Kindle, Book Depository. And a lot of what we're talking about in this series is also in the book. But, you know, we may ask why have we called this series Normal Isn't Working? Well, in this season, there's been somewhat of a desire to go back, to go back to normal. What we're used to, what we knew and know and what we are um, familiar with. And as we discovered last week, that normal is completely abnormal in comparison to the life that Jesus intends for us to live. It just, it isn't working because it's caused us to be busier than ever, more anxious than ever, more worried than ever, more stressed out, more overworked than for many, being burned out to the point of having to have medication just to get through the day. And it just isn't working. We've come to the point where our weary minds, bodies, and souls have lost the concept of what rest is, where to find rest, how to experience rest, and deep comfort and relief for our lives. So if that's you today and you're feeling this way or you have been experiencing this in this season, I believe that you've come to the right place because I believe that change is possible. I believe that you can experience true, deep rest, even in the midst of what be a, might be a mad season or a mad time in your life. But here's a truth that I want you to hear, to grasp, to write down, to do not forget this, is that it is God's desire for you to experience rest. It is God's desire for you to experience rest. God hardwired into you when he created you the, the need for quiet, for solitude, for rest, and reflection and peace. 
so that we may be able to have a healthy soul, a healthy body, and a healthy mind. We need rest. Our souls yearn for it. Our souls cry out for rest and quiet and a break. And I believe that together we can experience this rest as we go on this journey together. In order to discover it, let's not go back. Let's not go back to pre-COVID, to the way things were to normal as so many of us call it but let's go to the beginning to the very beginning to rediscover the life that God has created for us and the way in which he has called us to live according to his word and really when we look at this our model for this godly biblically based way of living is found in the perfect example of Jesus Christ Jesus is the personification of someone who could live in the world, but not be of the world. He is one who experienced immense pressure and busyness and the demands and stress and being overwhelmed. And yet at the same time, practiced the way of God. He practiced rest, practiced Sabbath and silence and solitude. And he has made the way for us to follow. And Jesus said these words in Matthew 11, 28 to 30. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Eugene Peterson, he translated these words in the message translation. It says it like this. Are you tired? Are you worn out, burnt out in religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Here's the title of my message today is this. Finding silence for your soul. Finding silence for your soul. I believe that we are desperate to find silence for our souls, to experience solitude, rest, peace, and calm in a world that has become bombarded with noise and distraction. Can you imagine for a moment the impact that rest and silence could have on your body, have in your mind and your heart? Can you imagine the benefit that silence and rest could have on your soul where you feel sense? centered where you are sensitive to the spirit and you know and can hear what God is saying to you where you're experiencing peace and tranquility consuming you like never before feeling like the air is lighter feeling like you can breathe easily feeling like your shoulders aren't weighed down and you can just rest and know that you are in God and he is in you I believe that this is possible to experience through Jesus. You know, last week we looked at how our daily lives, which is centered around three core fundamentals of sleep, home, and work, and our lives have been consumed and filled with consumerism, entertainment, distraction, busyness, to the point where there is no margin, there is no breathing room. And in the midst of this, we saw that, that Jesus is calling us to remove from the world, to unplug, to come away, and to come away with him so that we can receive rest from him. 
Now we know that the answer is not to eliminate these things, anti-consumerism, anti-entertainment, but rather than them coming first above all else, to be able to place Jesus as first, that he is number one, that instead of our lives being filled with all this stuff and this busyness, now that our lives are filled with Jesus, that we are consumed by Jesus and no longer consumed by the world. You know, anyone who's ever been on an airplane, which you might remember from years ago, that thing that we used to all use to fly around the world and go on holidays. Um, Wherever you were on the airplane, when you begin to uh, get ready to take off, maybe you've seen it in movies if you haven't had the chance to get on an airplane, but the hostess always instructs us um, when in the event that the plane is experiencing extreme turbulence or something happens out of the ordinary or volatility or unexpected emergency, what they always tell us is the oxygen masks will come immediately down and when that happens, to take the oxygen mask, to place it on ourselves before placing it on anyone else. Whether you've got children with you, loved ones who look to you for protection and provision, no matter what, put the oxygen mask on first because you are what is most important, especially when times are difficult. The greatest gift you can give to your friends, to your marriage, to your children, to your relationships, to your work is a healthy you. The greatest gift you can give is your healthy self, where you choose to put on the oxygen mask first, where you choose self-care above anyone else. This must be a priority. You see, we need to make a shift in our lives where, where we, we don't prioritize what's on our schedule, what we need to do, but in fact, we schedule our priorities, that we make time for it, that we set time for it. And this is the priority. Jesus and you first. First and foremost, above anything else, you see your spiritual life is vitally important. In fact, I would go as far to say that it is the most important area in our lives. In fact, it will then empower you to be able to live emotionally healthy, mentally healthy, and physically healthy because you're then experiencing less stress and anxiety. You're being less overwhelmed and busy and from overworking. Today, I want to speak directly to you. You who are listening right now, as I know that there might be other people around you, watching, sitting beside you, but I want you to hear this for you as we often hear this for others. We often hear this for who should, you know, needs to experience rest in their life and what they're going through. But this is for you because the greatest thing that you can do right now for yourself, for your family, your marriage, your children, your relationships is to put the oxygen mask on first. To set self-care is the top priority to then experience this oxygen this this thing that's going to be able to help you to breathe lighter to they're going to help you to rest and to lift off the burdens off your shoulders so that you can be the loving father the caring mother the generous neighbor the the worker who who works hard maybe the encouraging colleague you can be what the person that you know that God is calling you to be You can be the one who stands up for your community. You can be the one who supports and strengthens others who are going through struggles. Why? Because you have been with Jesus. And you are filled with his love and his grace and his mercy, which then empowers you to be able to stand strong spiritually, even in the midst of volatility, even in the midst of the storm. And I want to share with you today 
the greatest oxygen that we can ever receive. And that is only found through Jesus Christ. Being in his presence, experiencing his rest, hearing from him, being with him, speaking to him, where you are truly able to find silence for your soul, rest for your mind, and peace for your body. How? By simply responding to Jesus' invitation to come away with me, draw near to me, be with me in silence and in solitude. He tells us that in times where we are feeling weary and overburdened and overwhelmed, to turn to him first above anything else and anyone else, to choose him first above all things, and he will bring you comfort and rest and peace. And I believe that Jesus he wants to help you to find rest for your soul today. Personally, I'm challenged greatly by last week's message and then in, even in preparation for this week as I, I'm sure like you, as you hear these words, as you read these things, you, you compare them to the life that you're living and I need to work on this area of my life more than anyone else. I need to because up until very recently, my priorities often unknowingly and unconsciously was was Jesus, my wife, my kids, my family, my friends, my church, and then me. And I've had to, to realign my priorities where it's Jesus and me and then everyone else. And in late November, early December, I personally, I hit a wall because I came to a place where I was, I was giving all of me and not receiving. And in that time, a very successful Christian businessman who's been speaking into my life for the last two years, he shared with me some of his own experiences. And he told me that after 30 years of business and leadership, that the greatest piece of advice that he could give me is this, to set self-care as the top priority. Set self-care above everything else. In these past six months, I've been on a journey where I've been trying to do that, to set self-care, Jesus and me first, and then everything else. And here's the thing as you learn as you get older is this. If you let your body down, your body will eventually let you down. <laughs> it's just going to happen. It's natural. If you don't set physical health as a priority, it will eventually catch up with you and it will force you to make changes and decisions before it's too late. Here's the thing. It's the same emotionally. It's the same for us mentally. And it is the same for us spiritually. As Christians, we should be the most rested, peaceful, and calm human beings on the planet. Why? Because we are connected to the source of oxygen and life itself found in Jesus as your pastor. I should be the leading example in this. But I know for myself, and I'm sure for many of you, that I am not there yet. I've got a lot of work to do. But here's the thing. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I want to ask you, are you willing? Are you willing to set self-care as a top priority? Are you willing to be able to place your spiritual health as number one? Are you willing to do whatever it takes and be prepared to go on this journey of discovery following the way of Jesus? To truly find rest and find silence for your souls. Well, let's go back to the beginning. Again, to the words of Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. 
He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And here's our focus today, verse 29 and 30. He says, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The message translation says, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Now, we look at these words. Interestingly, Jesus used the terminology yoke in verse 29 and 30. No, it is not the thing that you find in the middle of your egg. In fact, a yoke is a, is a beam of wood that is placed on an oxen's back, which is used to carry heavy loads and heavy things. You may have seen it in person. You may have seen it in pictures. But you would see that the oxen would have a beam of wood right across their shoulders and they would be often carrying a plow that would be used to plow the field. And the yoke here represents a burden or even a sense of bondage. It was a common term used at the time in, in Mosaic law, which can be seen as a metaphor for the tedious and the large amounts of laws and commands that the Jewish people were commanded to follow. In fact, at the time of Jesus, and still uh, Jewish tradition today, had a total of 613 laws and commands placed on the people by the religious leaders of their day. Incredible. The yoke here represents the symbol of religious legalism, where we follow religion, which is ultimately the way of man, which causes us to be overburdened because it's all about what we do and what we need to do. It's all based on the law. But when we follow Jesus, our weight, what we carry is lightened because it's no longer about what we do. It's all about what he has done. Now we're following the way of Jesus, which is filled with his grace. Now, it doesn't mean that we're no longer to abide by any more laws or commands, but he says that his yoke, his burden of responsibility, his commands must be submitted to, though they are easier to be followed. In fact, Jesus was once asked, out of these 613 laws, which is the most important, and he summed them all up in these words, he says, it is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. You see, the opposite of following the way of Jesus is religious legalism. Now, we know, especially in Ireland, that from the first century to the 21st century, this has been a crushing burden for the people where the religion has literally broken people's lives to turn away from Jesus and turn away from the church. It's one that we've all experienced, where we are trying to do and to work in order to receive and attain approval and recognition. In contrast to Jesus' yoke of discipleship, his yoke brings rest through simple commitment to him and following his ways and his commands. 1 John 5, 3 says, In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. Now, here's the good news for you today. Jesus can free you from your burdens. He can free you from the heavy weight that you may have been carrying. You may have been stuck in the way of religious legalism that is causing you to live a life that is striving. He can break that off you and cause you to live a life filled with his grace. No matter how great that your burden may seem to you, he can remove that from your life. He can free you from addiction. 
He can free you from anxiety. He can free you from worry and pain and oppression that is destroying your very life. He can free you. He can take those burdens from you and replace them with his rest, which will ultimately bring you deep comfort, peace, silence, solitude, and healing in your heart and in your soul and in your mind. You see, rather than following religious practices, which always leaves us feeling weary and lacking any true meaning or purpose, now we can follow Jesus. We can obey him and have a relationship with him that brings great purpose and great meaning and great rest into our lives. Verse 30 says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In what way was his yoke easy? Well, the yoke here still represents the challenges and the work and the difficulties of life, but here's the difference. Now we are partnering with Jesus. Now he is there with us. And in this life, Jesus doesn't promise a life of luxurious ease. The yoke is still a tool for oxen's work and for working hard. We will still face difficulty and tension and pain and hardship and just life itself. But now... It's a shared yoke. Now there's a yoke that's not just depending on our shoulders, but now the weight falls on larger shoulders than ourselves, making the burden far lighter. The Amplified Translation translates verse 30 as this. This yoke is not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but it is comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. Now you have a partner who walks this life with you. Now you have a partner who goes through experiencing the demands and the pressures and the stress of life and helps you to carry the burden and brings rest to your soul. It's a yoke that literally unites us with Jesus where we become co-laborers with him, working hand in hand. No longer are we legalistically striving through life, but now we are in joyful union with Jesus. The message translates, verse 30, keep company with me and you learn to live freely and lightly. What is important here is the words, keep company with me. Keep company with Jesus. You see, we need to be united with him, to be with him, to spend time with him, to continuously keep coming back to him. That when we're falling back into that rhythm and the routine where life is getting on top of us, the burdens are getting on top of us to remove ourselves again from the demands of life, work, home, consumerism, and entertainment so that we can receive rest, true rest, deep rest that can only be found in Jesus. St. Augustine said this, Our hearts are restless until we find our rest in God. So what are some of the ways that we can receive rest and find rest in God? What are some of the ways practically? How can we apply this to our life where it's not just head knowledge, but we're able to allow it to get into our heart and then to change our life? How can we practice the way of Jesus by engaging in silence and solitude with him? Well, this can be defined as this. Intentional time in the quiet to be alone with God and our souls. That is ultimately what we're talking about. Now, in silence, when we're talking about silence, there's two dimensions to this. Internal silence and external silence. External silence is when we get away from all of the people and the noise and the busyness and we let our body and our mind just to calm down, to calm down. 
But internal silence is when we can. And when we center our mind and when we come to God and we're allowing our mental and emotional uh, lives to be able to find the rest in him. There has been a massive movement practicing and promoting mindfulness, which really is a biblical practice. However, the difference is this, that mindfulness is about emptying your mind. Silence and prayer and meditation is about being filled with Jesus. Is about filling your heart, your mind, and your soul and focusing on him. And the health and wellness industry knows and understands the importance of silence and meditation in our lives. They know the direct link between silence and our emotional, physical, and mental well-being. But what they are missing is the crucial spiritual element. The fact that God, when he created us, he hardwired into us the need for quiet. In fact, that we would find fulfillment in experiencing silence and experiencing calm through prayer and quiet with Jesus. So in order to truly practice this, we need to first do two things. Identify a time and a place that works well for us. Remember when when we spoke about priorities right at the beginning of this sermon, a priority of self-care, setting Jesus and you first above all else. Well, we need to schedule our priorities by first choosing a time. You know, for most people, many people choose to this time in the mornings. Is That's when, you know, they're about to start the day. They're feeling fresh. They're feeling rested. For others, it can be while the children are napping. Others, it can be while it's a lunch break or after work or even before going to bed. You can experience for you the right time that fits your own schedule, your own personality, and your own season of life. But the key is to choose a time and to stick with it. Here's the second thing that we need is to choose a place. Find a place that is as quiet and distraction-free as possible. It can be, for many, a comfortable chair by a window that, that you keep coming back to. It can be a certain walk or a route that you take. Or maybe it may be you just enjoying sitting in a cafe with your earphones in, watching the busyness of life going around you. But again, it's important to choose a place that you keep coming back to daily. Here's the next thing that we need to do in practicing silence practically is to set a goal. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, you're going to choose to say, well, I'm getting up at 5 a.m. every morning. I'm going to spend two hours with Jesus. It's unrealistic. But if you're just starting out, you may, you may choose to set aside 10 minutes a day, maybe only for, for three or five times a week. If this is something that you've been doing occasionally, regularly enough in your life, maybe you need to just increase that time from 10, 15 minutes to 30 minutes. Maybe this is a practice that's already a part of your life and your schedule, but might challenge yourself to increase it to an hour long. Maybe to bring a fresh element to it, being able to just sit in complete silence and listening for the Word of God. Maybe it's to pray through a list of people that you're intercessing on behalf of. Maybe it's to just go through a Bible study and go deeper into the Scriptures rather than skimming on the surface. But here's a few things for you to remember as you're engaging in this practice of silence. Firstly, start where you're at, not where you think you should be. If you know and think that you can only do five minutes, great. Start with five minutes and gently move forward from that. Beware of perfectionism. This is me to a T where I try too much. I set the expectation too high, then I don't reach it. And guess what? I don't continue it. 
Set it where it's realistic, it's attainable, because it's small incremental acts that in time become habits over time because it becomes second nature that happens over years, not just in days. Here's the second thing to remember. You can't succeed or fail at this practice. There's no like goal to get at the end of this. There's no trophy to be won in this, but this is a goal to simply show up. Resist the urge of yourself being able to say these words like, I'm bad at this, or I'm not good at this, or, or I don't like this. Be patient with this practice and with yourself because it's human nature for us to experience and feel shame when we miss a few days of, of praying or reading the Bible or a few weeks even. But instead of being filled with shame, replace that and be filled with grace. Choose to start again tomorrow. And here's the third thing. If you're more of a doer and a thinker and the thought of silence and solitude and sitting still is like torture to you, well, you can ex still experience rest in God and do this practice in which I'm going to explain in a moment while, while doing something else, while walking or running or cycling or stretching or even folding laundry or doing the dishes. But, but choose your mind to come to a place of rest where you're able to clear out the busyness and distraction and be filled with Jesus. So I'm going to give you something very practically for us all to engage with. And it's five steps to take in the process of practicing silence, prayer, and meditation. I encourage you to write these things down or you can go back and listen to them later and remind yourself of the process. But here's the first thing to do is to put away all distractions. Turn your phone off or any other technology or any other thing that's in your realm that you think was well, going to distract you. Put it away. Set yourself up in your time and in your place, get comfortable. For me personally, I like to sit in the chair in our spare room. I like to, to go in there. I put my noise-canceling headphones in. I put my feet up. I set my timer. I'm a watch for 30 minutes, and I sit back, and I begin. But as you begin, begin to, to calm your mind. Now, I know from trying this and practicing this, that I struggle in this place. It's, it's at the beginning that I get tripped up. I struggle to bring my mind to calm, to calm my mind, to switch off, to stop thinking. Do you ever, you ever feel like this? Like that there's an incessant voice in your head that never shuts up, that you're just constantly thinking and wondering and worrying. It's constantly, it's like a monkey running wildly through your head. But in order, what I find to bring your mind to calm is the second thing, the second step in our process, is to focus on your breathing. As you sit in your relaxed position, close your eyes, try and bring stillness and calm to your mind, and take slow, deep breaths, where you inhale through your nose, and you exhale through your mouth. You see, what's happening physiologically as we inhale, we are inhaling fresh, fresh oxygen, into our bodies, into our stomachs. And what's happening is we're, that's cleaning out our brain, it's cleaning out our mind, and it's completely cleansing us. And as you exhale, and one of the things that I've learned is this, when you shape your lips, your lips as if you're blowing out of a straw and go, what you're doing is you're actually exhaling, you're clearing and cleaning out the toxins and the carbon dioxide inside of you to clean out your system. It's almost like you're, you're inhaling fresh oxygen and you're exhaling that carbon dioxide. And what you're doing is you're cleansing your mind, you're clearing your mind. In fact, when you look at our, our bodies, what we do when we are stressed and we're anxious, we tend to hold our breath 
which is ceasing us to be able to take in fresh oxygen. We're building up carbon dioxide. And what happens is it causes us to feel lightheaded, to get headaches, and for many, even to faint or to experience panic attacks. And so as you still your breath, as you begin to still your mind, focus on your breath. As you inhale, as you exhale, just begin to focus on that. As your stomach begins to go in, your breath begins to go out, when you feel like your, your body is settling, your mind is settling, your thoughts are no longer running wildly, here's the third step in the process. Begin to pray. Maybe you just pray these words and just say, Jesus, speak to me. You sit back and you wait and you listen. And we, we know from practice that this often comes in our, we hear Jesus' words in our own mind's voice. And what happens is the closer we listen and the more often we do it, it's a voice that becomes clearer and becomes more distinct. We know that the Spirit of God has direct access to our minds or imagination. For many people, they hear him speak to him by him and giving images or experiencing feelings or uh, just implanting thoughts or desires in our mind. For me, I, I can hear the voice. I know it clearly. I know it distinctly. I know it's not my own voice. But maybe for you, maybe... Maybe to start off, you need to begin just to pray and to pray what's on your heart or what you're carrying. You may be able to say, I'm angry. I'm stressed. I'm having a fight or a disagreement with someone. Or maybe speak to them, share your emotions, your recent experiences that, you're causing, that are causing you pain and stress and heartache and fear and pain. Or maybe share the grateful moments, the joy that you're experiencing. Share and celebrate and smile and praise God for the things that he's allowing to happen in your life. And here's some questions that you can just begin asking is, is there anything that you want to say to me today, Lord? Maybe to ask, is there anything you want to do in me today? Is there anything you want me to do? Is there anyone you want me to bless? Is there any area in my life that you want me to focus on and to change? Or maybe it's what choice or decision that you should take, that you ask, and you just wait, and you sense his peace. And here's the fourth step in this process. In fact, I believe that it is the most important step is to rest and to wait, to sit in silence. Now, can you remember the last time that you sat in silence and just waited? You didn't reach for your phone. You didn't reach to answer that notification. You weren't turning on the TV. You weren't in your car, and the first thing you do is turn on a podcast or the radio. You just sit in silence. The biblical term for this is to abide. Jesus said in John 15, 4, he said, abide in me and I in you. In other words, when we rest in Jesus, when we sit in silence, we experience him in our souls. This is an important time to don't rush off. Or in fact, don't be like waiting urgently and anxiously for the answer. Like, come on, God, like speak to me already. I've been sitting here for five minutes. Why haven't you said something already? But just to sit and to silence. And maybe the rest that you experience is exactly what he wants you to experience. For me personally, I love to sit with a journal nearby. I, I literally write the words, Lord, speak to me. I put my journal down, I sit back, and I listen. And as I hear him speak, which is quite often as I I actually pick back on my journal. I write out the words that I feel that he sense that he's saying. I put the journal back down. I sit back down and I rest and I wait. And here's the final step of this process, step five, 
is to close with a prayer of gratitude. To end your time saying, Lord, I'm so thankful for you. Lord, I'm so grateful for you. I commit my day to you. I commit my evening to you. I commit my rest to you. And before you finish, I want to encourage you to try, try remembering what he said to you or what, what you sensed in your spirit. Write that down if you haven't already. And if you have, reread it. Remind yourself of it. I, I have a, a stack of journals that I, that I keep hidden in my shelf that I pick off every now and again and flick through. And I read and I remember the promises of God, the words that he said at certain times and certain seasons. And I tell you, it brings so much encouragement to know that this faith that I'm believing is real. This God that I'm serving is real. Jesus is real. Why? Because I experienced him. You too can experience rest in Jesus. And as you can see, it's, it's not extremely difficult to do. It's not rocket science, but what it does is it requires you to schedule this as a priority, to find a time and place. It requires you to commit to it, to practice it, to allow it to be formed as a daily habit, and it has the power to truly change your life. If you've been a Christian for any amount of time, and you may have you know, been following Jesus for so long, but you can't remember the last time you sat in silence with him, I encourage you that you need, to, you need to set your priorities where it's Jesus and you first. Self-care as a top priority, your spiritual health as number one that will follow after, which will be your emotional, your mental, and your physical health. Scientific research has been done in this area. They have discovered that it doesn't take seven days, 14 days, or 21 days. It takes a total of 66 days of continuous discipline and implementation to break off a bad habit and to form a new one. So let's decide today to start right now, day one. Together, let's choose maybe tonight, or tomorrow morning is day one to begin to, to find a time, to find a place to remove ourselves so that we can receive rest, so that we can find silence for our souls, silence for our bodies, our minds, and our hearts. Because I believe that this is true. That God's desire for you is that you experience rest. Hey, would you just close your eyes and bow your heads with me for a moment? I know as many of you today You've never taken up the invitation to follow Jesus. You've never taken up the invitation to leave where you are and the life that you live and how you lead it, to surrender that, to submit yourself to Jesus and to follow him. Jesus begins in verse 28 with a personal invitation. He says, come away with me, all you who are weary and burdened. Are you weary and burdened today? What I want to encourage you, enter into partnership with Jesus. Give your life to him and you will experience new life and grace. You will experience new peace and joy. You will experience true rest that can only be found in him. And if you want to experience Jesus today in your life and surrender to him, I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. It's a prayer just as surrender and submission to Jesus. And just repeat these words after me and say, Jesus, I'm drawing close to you. I acknowledge that you are my Lord and my Savior. Come into my life. Lead my life. Forgive me. Help me. And heal me. As I need you 
more than anything else. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time today, we'd love to help with you, help you and connect with you and encourage you to go to openarms.au forward slash connect where you'll see our connect card and just to fill out your details and tick the box and committing my life to Jesus and we want to reach out to you straight away this week through a simple text and email connect with you and invite you to a class that we call next steps and what it is it's a simple zoom with myself and some of our team for 40 minutes or so we're able to share our story hear your story and see how we can plug you into the life of open arms and help you on this next step of your journey to make this decision not just one for a season but for a lifetime and for eternity as we begin to to worship i want to encourage you to find this time and this place in which you're in right now to begin to begin to searching after god and finding him even in silence in the midst of noise lord i pray for every single person who's listening to my words right now i pray that Rather than experiencing condemnation and shame, that we'd be filled with inspiration. We'd be filled with grace to know that this is possible. I can experience rest. This pain and burdening life that I'm experiencing is not the life that God intends me for to me to live. But in fact, he wants to help me in this, to carry my burden. I pray that this will cause us to lean into you, to follow you, and to be led by you. In Jesus' name, amen.